All right, well, I wanna welcome everyone today, whether you're joining us in person or maybe you're watching online, honored to have you with us. And also wanna take a moment, as I do every single week, and look into the camera and say a big hello to all the men and women joining us in our correctional ministry. We love you guys, we believe in you, God believes in you. Come on, D-Town, help me welcome our church family today. Love it. Well, today we are starting a brand new four-week series called It's Complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And this is a series on relationships, and my goal is for all of us to do relationships God's way. And, uh, and we're not just going to talk about romantic relationships in this series, but we're also going to talk about family relationships, friendships, all things relationships, and uh, when it comes to relationships, I think one of the biggest mistakes that, that we can make in our relationships is trying to fix the other person. Anybody besides me try to make that? Anybody else, your relationship would be so much better if the other person would just do better? <laughs> right? So, so, but, I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> I was talking to them over there, just so you... No, but, but, so, uh, but trying to fix the other person is not only complicated, it's downright impossible. And so instead of focusing on fixing the other person in this series, uh, we're going to focus on fixing ourselves. Oh, man, that doesn't sound like any fun, does it? Not even a little bit. And so, but we're going to try and have a lot of fun in this series and learn a lot. And you know the old saying, if you can't laugh at yourself, we'll do it for you. And so it's going to be... A great time. So let me tell us just kind of where we're going in this series. Next week, we're going to talk about our marriage relationships. In week number three, we're going to talk about our church relationships, which is extremely important. And then in week number four, we're going to talk about our family relationships. But today, I want to kick this series off by talking to all the single people, all the single people, all the single people, all the single people. Now, here's the deal. I want to put this disclaimer out there uh, that regardless of what season uh, you find yourself in, whether you're single or you're married or whatever, uh, every single week of this series has something for you. Because here's what I know about opening the truth of God's word, that every time we open up the truth of God's word, God always speaks. The bigger question is, are we listening? So I want to encourage each and every one of us, whatever season, whatever place we're in in our lives, that we would lean in and grab a hold of everything that God has for us. Because I know next week, if you're single, I'm telling you, next week we're talking marriage, God has something for you single people next week. So let's lean in and get all that God has for us. And with all that said, uh, the title of the message today is Single and Secure. Single and secure. You know, I think too often we can be obsessed with what's next in life. Now, now don't get me wrong. I, I think it's important for us to have a vision for our lives. I think it's important for us to have an idea of where our lives are headed. But, but if we're not careful, we can become so obsessed with what's next that we miss out on what's right now. Now, I, I know society is not helping us out with this because it seems like as soon as we graduate from high school or for those geniuses that are among us that get their GED, um, as soon as we get our GED or graduate from high school, everybody's asking, well, where are you going to go to college? 
What are you gonna major in? And then we go to college and like, hey, when are you gonna graduate college? How long are you gonna stay in that place? How much debt are you racking up? When are you gonna get a job? And then we graduate college and we, we get a job and we work a job as a single person for a while. And you know, the big question is, well, when are you gonna get married? And then you finally get married. And then the question is, well, when are you gonna have kids? And it just seems like society is always trying to push us into the next season of life. I talk to single people all the time. They say, man, I cannot wait to get married. But then I talk to married people who tell me, man, I wish I was. <laughs> Don't raise your hand, girl. <laughs> because there's this idea that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, and it takes a mature man of God, it takes a wise woman of God to realize the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where we choose to water it. And I just believe that God would want us to be secure in whatever season that we might find ourselves in. And so I think the problem in society when it comes to relationships is that culture will say that, that if, it's, if you see, if your life seems incomplete, if you feel like you're missing something, if you feel empty on the inside, if, if things aren't going your way, or if life seems like a mess, then you need to be in a relationship. And I think one of the ways that society can mold and shape our idea of relationships is through music. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up, I listened to several songs. Most of them I can't repeat to you uh, today. But I listened to several songs that taught me how to do relationships the wrong way. Anybody else? For example, uh, does anybody remember the artist Brian McKnight? I mean, he wrote this hit song back in 1999 called Back at One. Check out these lyrics. All right, Brian, chill out, chill out. <laughs> but if you look at these lyrics, right, steps one through three, you're not even having a conversation with the other person. Like you're like, you're like stalking them from a distance. You're not even doing, you're not even making any real effort until step five, right? And Brian's basically saying, just do these make-believe steps and hopefully the other person will realize you at some point, recognize you at some point. And if they don't work, just start back at one. Come on, Brian. And we listened to this song. We were like jamming the car. Like, oh, man, yeah. Two. Oh, my God. But then for the older generation, uh, here's how Elvis taught us to have relationships. And the song Can't Help But Falling In Love. Check the lyrics out. say Only fools But I can't help. All right, Elvis. All right, buddy. Hey, how many know that makes for a good song, but not great advice when it comes to relationships, right? Would it be a sin? To, yes, it would be, Elvis. But here's the deal. I am, I'm somewhat encouraged about this current generation because finally, finally, someone in the music scene is making some sense and teaching us maybe how, maybe not, but good advice on relationships. Her name is Taylor Swift. 
she has incredible taste in football teams. And listen to what she said in Antihero. It's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Come on, Taylor Swift, thank you for that wisdom. It is you, Taylor, you are the problem. And so as we talk, let me get the room back, as we talk about being single and secure today, let me give us our key thought for today's message. If you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, because statistics tell us that if we take notes, we're four times more likely to remember and retain what we write down. And if you're taking notes, the key thought for today's message is simply this. Don't focus on finding the one, focus on becoming the one. I wanna help us discover how we can become a whole individual, not fragmented, secure in who God has created us to be, developed in the purposes of God. And how many of us know this doesn't stop when we get married? That for those of us who have already found the one, we need to continue to work on becoming the one so that our marriages thrive. And so what I wanna to do today is I wanna study the first book in the entire Bible with the first man ever created by God and to learn from him uh, how to be single and secure. And then we're gonna watch as Eve comes onto the scene. And this is extremely important for us to do because I think too many people think, you know, I'll become the right person, I'll do the right things when I finally meet that special someone. But I just wanna encourage us to, no, no, we need to start now. And so let's dive into God's word. Genesis chapter two, we'll start off in verse 15. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. In other words, Adam had this thing called a, a job. Ladies, I don't know what's on your list and what you're looking for in a man, but can I just suggest that a job should be on your list, right? Now, some people might say, well, yeah, but this, that was after the fall. That was after sin. No, no, no. This was before sin entered the world. Adam was working before that happened. God created us to work and contribute to society. And then take a look three verses later in verse 18. God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Hallelujah. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so here, because, because he is who I created him to be, God said, and because Adam is doing what I created him to do, now I'm gonna make a helper suitable for him. And so there was a time when Adam was walking out the purposes of God before Eve came onto the scene. And as we study this story together today, I wanna give us four ways that we can be single and secure. Starting with, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down, and that is, before I find my person, I need to find my purpose. You see, in our world today, it's all about finding the person. But I want us to scratch that idea and say we need to find our purpose first. That God created each and every one of us with a purpose. He's given us a divine purpose. And just to remind us, there, there might be accidental parents, but how many of us know there's never any accidental children? God's given us a purpose. And the Bible says it like this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God created us to do something. He created us with a purpose, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
There's something that God wants us to do with our lives. Regardless of what season we find ourselves in, whether we're single, married, or whatever, God has a purpose for us. He's got a plan for our lives. In fact, if you're taking notes, I just want to speak this over us today, and that is simply this, that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. How many of us know this isn't just a line we say in church? This is, this is a reality, this is a truth we need to not just listen to or hear, but we need to believe. No, God created me on purpose and for a purpose. And everyone in the world is looking for purpose. We all want purpose and meaning in our lives. The problem is too many people are looking in the wrong places. Too often we make the mistake of instead of pursuing our purpose, we start pursuing another person thinking that somebody else will bring fulfillment into our lives. But the reality is, only God can do that. And that's why when it comes to our purpose, we need to understand, write this down, and that is my ultimate purpose is to glorify God. This is our ultimate purpose. Now, what that looks like in, in our lives might look different, but at the same, but we're all doing the same thing. We're trying to glorify God with our lives. This simply means we're serving God with our lives wherever we're at, with whatever we are doing. And when we understand this reality, when we understand, man, this is my purpose to glorify God, and we start pursuing our purpose, which is to glorify him, all of a sudden, we end up meeting our person who is pursuing their purpose, and together, we, got to, we are living out our divine purpose. Let me say it like this. In other words, when we find our person, we find our person as we're pursuing our purpose. That's my story. I was in full-time ministry, working at Teen Challenge, helping men 18 and older get set free from the power of alcohol and drugs in life. I was pursuing my purpose when I met my beautiful wife, Justina, who was in the business world, and she was actually in pharmaceutical sales, and so our big joke is she was trying to get people on drugs, I was trying to get people off drugs. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven. But she was faithfully serving God. She was faithfully involved in a church. She was, she was faithfully involved in small groups. She was using her time, talent, and treasure to glorify God. And the reason why I bring that out is, yeah, I was in full-time ministry, and some might say, well, it's easy to glorify God when you're in full-time ministry. No, no, she was in the business world glorifying God, right? Because we're just, we're ultimately serving God. We're, we're glorifying God wherever we're at with whatever we are doing. And so she's serving God, and all of a sudden, God brings this hunk of a man into her life, bl blows her mind. She was speaking, I just walked in, she couldn't talk. She got down on one knee. And I blessed her and walked out, I'm just saying. And then we got, we got married, but, but here, here's my point. We didn't know what life was gonna look like. We, we didn't know how things were gonna go when we first got married, but we did know one thing. We were gonna follow God together. We were gonna glorify God with our marriage. We we're gonna glorify God with our lives. How many of us know we can be in a relationship and we can be on different, uh, different pages in different things, but when it, when it comes to that, we can't be on a different page. We can't be on a different page when it comes to, no, we will glorify God with our lives. And we've moved our family uh, across the country. We've started different ministries over the years. We've done different things. We've taken major steps of faith. Why? Listen up, listen up. Because it's not the person that defines our lives. It's our purpose that defines our lives, which is to glorify God. When we found each other, we weren't searching for a purpose. We already had our purpose. And then God brought us together, right? So don't focus on the person. First, focus on our 
purpose. The story goes on, Genesis chapter two, verses 16 and 17. It says, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Remember, this is before Eve had, was created, and God is telling Adam, this is what you can do, and this is what you cannot do. And so the second way that we can be single and secure, write this down, number two, and that is that before I make a covenant, I need to make wise choices. Can I just say, other than following Jesus, choosing who will marry is the biggest decision that we'll ever make in our lives. And so let me just say this, if we're having a hard time making wise choices in the little things of life, why would we think getting this, that we're gonna get this major decision right? The Bible says it like this, Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Other versions say faithful. Whoever can be faithful with very little will be faithful with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so the question is, what can we be trusted with? Have we been faithful in the little things? Because if we're saying, God, I know I've not been faithful over here. And I know I've not really been trustworthy in this area of my life. And I know I've not been a good steward of my time. And I've not really been glorifying you with, with my gifts or my resources or my finances. And God, and, and, and I know I, I keep looking at pornography. And I, and I know I keep compromising my purity. And I know I keep struggling. But forget all that, God. God, bring a person into my life so that I can be happy. I think God would respond to us by saying, no, I'm not gonna do that to you, and I'm not gonna do that to another person. Because the last thing God would want to do is to give us something we're not ready for. Give us something that we long for, but we're not ready for, and all of a sudden, what, the beautiful dream that we had comes, comes crashing down because our foundation wasn't secure, right? And so God would say, I mean, God wants to set us up for success, not failure, which is why before we enter into this lifelong covenant commitment with another person, we need to work on our own personal choices and make sure that they're honoring God first. We can even apply this truth to our marriages. If there's tension in our marriage, if we're struggling in our marriage, that instead of pointing the finger at the other person, how about we start making sure we're doing the little things right first? Are you with me? And I'm gonna just say, if you're dating someone right now and they're having a hard time doing the little things right, I'm just saying, don't kid yourself and think when you get married, all of a sudden they're gonna change and start doing the big things right. Are you with me? If you're dating someone in your relationship, in your relationship, your guys aren't getting the little things right, don't kid yourself and think once we get married, that's gonna fix everything, and now all of a sudden, magically, we're gonna do the big things right. You with me? It matters who we are right now. Because if you're taking notes, we need to understand, write this down, marriage doesn't change you, it magnifies who you already are. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying people can't change. I'm a, I'm a firm believer of that, right? Look at my life, people can change. Marriage doesn't change you. It magnifies who you already are. And this is a lie that so many single people will tell themselves. When I get married, I won't do that anymore. But marriage doesn't change us. It just makes us more of who we already are. That, and I'm just to challenge us that we would have integrity today. 
that we, would, that we would be genuine today, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would be evident in our lives today, that we'd be faithful in the little things today so that we could be faithful in the big things tomorrow. As our story continues, I want us to notice that after Adam was pursuing his purpose, after he knew who he was and as he was making wise choices, God said, now that he's the right person, let me bring someone into his life. Genesis chapter two, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Notice that God didn't say, I'm gonna, help, I'm gonna fix all of Adam's problems by bringing another person into his life. Instead, God said, I'm going to bring someone into his life that's just gonna make him more of who I designed and created him to be. And I think it's interesting that, that Eve was described as the helper. Everybody say, er. Er, that's, that's what marriage does. Marriage just brings an er to our lives. And some people say, I just need someone to complete me. But they're not gonna complete you, they're gonna magnify you. They're gonna bring an er into your life. For example, if we were strong before that person came into our life, after they come into our lives, they make a strong er. If we were wise before them, when they come into our lives, we become wise. If we were healthy before they came into our lives, they're just gonna help magnify and make us healthy. You catch it, you guys are smart, way smarter than first service, just so you guys know. <laughs> but the problem with this is the opposite is true as well. Like if he was broke before, He's just gonna be broke. If he was lazy before, he's just gonna be lazy. If, if she was sad before, she's just gonna be sad. If she was grumpy before, she's just gonna be grumpy. Now I'm preaching, uh, no I'm not. It's total hypothetical guys, just so you know. Read that in a book, I don't think it's true. Just. If they were dumb before, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, our matters. Our matters. That's why before we get to err, we need to work on being who God has called and created us to be. We need to be making wise choices in the little things before we can make the wise choice on the big thing when it comes to marriage. But our err matters. The story goes on, Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. I love this part of the story. What's interesting is that this is the first time, for you Bible scholars out there, this is the first time in the Bible Adam's name was mentioned. Before this, he's called the man, but now he's called Adam. He's given a name by God. As Adam was naming the animals, God named him. And so the third way that we can be single and secure, number three, is that before I seek out intimacy, I need to seek out my identity. It's important for us to understand that our identity must be received, not earned. How many know we receive our identity from Jesus? 
How many know we receive our identity? Let me break it down for you. As Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to Travis Kelsey, what does Trav have to do? Receive the ball. Catch the ball, right? He didn't do anything to get the ball there. He just had to catch it when he was thrown to him. I mean, we didn't do anything to earn our identity with Jesus. We just have to receive this gift that he is trying to give to each and every one of us. The problem is anytime we try to find our identity outside of Jesus, we always have to earn it. The problem with earning our identity is that we're constantly having to prove our worth. Anybody tired of trying to prove their worth? Anybody tired of trying to prove that you're good enough, that you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you? Right? Anybody just sick of that rat race of trying to prove to yourself that you are special, that you are good enough, that you are lovable? So I got out of that rat race a long time ago, and I just simply stepped into Jesus and received my identity in him. But too often, I think we make the mistake of finding our identity in who we're with. Too often, we make the mistake of trying to find our identity in our relationships, and we've made our identity out of intimacy, but we need to understand that God wants to give us a name before he ever gives us another person. And if we first don't know who we are in Christ personally, we'll never know who we're in Christ together. And so we have to figure out who has God created us to be first. And so before we seek out intimacy, we need to seek out our identity. Let me talk to the fellas real quick, just the single fellas out there. Let me speak this over you. And that is, you don't need a woman to be a secure, successful man. Our culture says how successful you are is defined by our relationships. But this is not who God has created us to be. Adam had his identity as a successful man long before Eve came into the equation. Now to all my single ladies out there, I just want to speak this over you, that you don't need to have a man, uh, you don't need a man to be secure and and be a confident woman. If, If our security and our confidence comes from the other person that we're with, it's never going to be enough. Our security and our confidence is not in our relationship status, but in our Savior. Let's take a look at when God created Eve, Genesis chapter two, verse 22. It says, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man. And and, and check this out. And he brought her to the man. Now this just stood out to me like never before because I don't know about you when I've read the account. I've just always pictured for whatever reason that all three of them were kind of together. And so God created Eve, and she was just right there. The three of them were together. But we notice from this scripture that God brought her to the man. God brought her to Adam. Eve woke up, and the first thing she saw wasn't Adam. The first thing she saw was God. Eve had an encounter with God before she had an encounter with Adam. Both Adam and Eve had an encounter with God before they had an encounter with each other. Single people. Before you seek out intimacy with another person, seek out your identity in God. Now let's take a look at the last part of the, 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 uh, the story that we're going to study today. Genesis chapter 2, back up verse 21. It says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. This is right before God created Eve. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. 
And so the, the fourth way that we can be single and secure, number four, is before I pursue a relationship, I pursue rest. Who was Adam before God gave him Eve? What, what was his posture? What was his position before God brought Eve into his life? Adam was in a deep sleep. He was resting in God, which gives us a picture of contentment. It gives us a picture of peace. Have you ever just looked at somebody when they're sleeping? I used to do this when my kids were really little and they'd be in the crib and I'd sneak in just to look at them, make sure they were still breathing. And, and then I'd just sit there for maybe 30 seconds, a minute, and just watch them sleep. And they were just so beautiful, so perfect. And then they'd wake up <laughs> and all hell would break loose. But that's another story. They just had this peace. As Adam was resting, God says, now that you're resting in me, I can bring that person into your life. And so many of us are on to the next thing, striving for this and going after that, especially when it comes to relationships. We go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. But here's the word of the Lord this morning for us. Rest in me. Because when we rest, God works. When we're satisfied in God, that's when we start to see miracles happen in our lives. David prayed it like this, Psalm 62, verse 5. He said, yes, my soul. David is speaking to his soul. You know, sometimes you just got to talk to your soul. Yes, my soul. Find rest in God. My hope comes from him. And so what do we do? We rest in God. But I want to have a person in my life. Rest in God, but I want to be in a relationship, rest in God, but I want to get married someday, rest in God. I'll close with this thought, and that is that until I'm satisfied in God, I'll never find true satisfaction in anything else. Until we find satisfaction in God, every other thing we do will be an attempt to satisfy the void in our lives that only God can fulfill. And I don't know about you, I'm tired of chasing mirages. I'm tired of going after things that will never give me what I'm looking for. That we gotta find rest in God. Whether we're single, married, dating, divorced, whatever season, whatever stage of life that we're in, that until we're satisfied in God, we'll never find true satisfaction in anything else. That I'm content. It is well with my soul. Whatever season I'm in, I'm secure. It is well with my soul. And so when it comes to being single and secure, that before I start pursuing the other person, I'm gonna start pursuing my purpose. Before I enter into this lifelong covenant commitment with another person, I'm going to make sure I'm making wise choices in the little things. I'm going to make sure that the person I'm with is making wise choices in the little things. I can't fix them. That's too complicated and impossible, right? I'm going to work on fixing me. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing the little things. Our relationship, we're doing the little things right because when we do the little things right, man, we can get the big decisions right too. Are you with me, church? And then before I seek out intimacy, man, I'm going to make sure my identity is found in Christ. And before we pursue a relationship, we're going to pursue rest. It is well. I'm content. I'm good. I'm good. And the moment that we are good is the moment God does a miracle in our lives. Amen? Would you pray with me? 
Father, we love you in this place. We thank you for the truth of your word. God, we thank you for how you speak right to every situation and circumstance of our lives, whatever season we're in, God. We thank you that you have a plan and you have a purpose for our lives. And as we're praying together today, I just, maybe you're here, maybe you're single. And you've been in every situation, every season, just looking and searching and going from relationship to relationship, thinking maybe it's over here or maybe it's over there. And today the word of the Lord for you is to rest in God, to start pursuing your purpose before you start pursuing another person, to get the little things right before we make any big decisions. So I just wanna pray, if you're single here today, maybe you're dating, and you want, you want God, you wanna do relationships God's way, would you just lift your hand to heaven? I wanna speak a blessing over you. I wanna pray that you wouldn't be driven by your emotions, but you'd be led by the Spirit of the Lord. And Father God, you see the hands in this place. God, you know the situations. Better yet, you know the desires of their hearts, God. And God, I pray that you would give a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, I pray you give us a vision today, not to pursue a person, but to pursue our purpose, which is to glorify you, God. I pray you help us to make the, the wise choices and the little things that we're preparing the foundation, we're preparing the way for you to do a miracle in our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to be content, secure, and single in the season that we're in today, God. And that before we would seek intimacy, God, we'd find our identity in you. God, I pray we wouldn't be so obsessed with what's next that we miss out on what's right now. God, I speak a blessing over everyone here, everyone that their hand raised, God. I pray that you would give them a peace and assurance that you see them, you know what's in their hearts, and you have a plan for them to trust and obey, for there's no other way. In Jesus' name. As we continue praying together today, maybe there are those of us who are here or maybe watching online that would say, you know what, my identity's not been in Jesus. I've tried to prove my worth over and over. My worth, my worth, my identity has been in what I do and the relationships that I'm in and the success I, I try to have and I'm just done trying to prove my worth over and over and over. I'm ready to receive my identity in Christ. And how we receive it is simply surrendering, humbling ourselves and saying, God, I wanna know you, I wanna have a relationship with you, I wanna receive the love and the life that you have for me. God, here's my heart, what you've always wanted. I wanna live for you, I wanna glorify you with my life. If you need to make that decision today with every head bowed, every eye closed, come on, would you lift your hand to heaven? Maybe you're watching online or right now, God is speaking to you and this is your day. This is your day to find your identity in Christ, to stop trying to prove your worth and receive the love of the Father. And right where you're at, would you just pray this prayer with me? Say, God, thank you. Thank you for loving me right where I'm at and loving me enough not to let me stay there. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Today, right now, here's my heart. Here's my life. I wanna glorify you with my life. God, forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise for all he did today. <laughs>